Forrester. Down the line to right. It's gone! Garrett Forrester walks it off for Oregon State! What happened? He just like benched like five of the starters. Four of them were all Americans. Big hit pop. Did he just do it? Yes, he did. This is loaded in the NCAA tournament. And he sends a drive to deep right. Elko, Grand Slam. Beer showers about. McGarry's 2-2 pitch to Lanzilli. Strike three called, and Virginia has completed a no-hitter tonight. Pushes a bunt to third. James to first. Hayes out. What a way to end it. And what a way to end a drought. Mississippi State, the national champions, destroying Vanderbilt 9-0. All righty, what is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to the Super Regional Preview episode of the 11.7 Podcast. I'm here with Dimitri, and we are here to break down not only all eight Super Regionals, but all 16 teams participating. So it's going to be a little bit of a mix between our takes, our opinions on everything, what we see in each team, and a little bit of gambling advice as well for those gamblers out there who are joining Res us. Respectfully, of course. Respectfully? I mean, uh, responsibly, of course. <laughs> Dude, that reminds me of my elementary school model, my motto they made us say every morning. Something about, we're going to be safe, respectful, and responsible. <laughs> so that's how we want you guys to gamble. We want you to gamble safe, responsibly, and respectfully, of course. <laughs> hey. You might be hammering a team, but it's out of respect. It's out of respect. And, and that, dude, that actually brings me up to a good point about, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to cut right to the chase here. Uh, we talked about this pre-show. I'm going to respectfully hammer the over nine and a half for the Texas-East Carolina game starting at noon Eastern today when you're listening to it on Friday. Um, no offense to Pete Hansen or any of the pitchers on the pitching staff, but nine and a half at that ballpark is outrageously low. And I will die on that sword. Um, respectfully, of course. <laughs> respectfully, of course. <laughs> um, but, hey, uh, appreciate everybody for listening here. And uh, and I really do want to uh, take a serious moment. Like, I, I really appreciate all the great feedback we got from the article written about us um, on The Athletic. If you haven't read it yet, I think it costs like a dollar for a subscription to The Athletic. It's a uh, pretty popular and, and well-known like website blog where, where big time reporters write stories. And um, luckily Grace from the athletic chose to write a story about us. And we got was interviewed. She, she the football Clemson beat, beat writer. Yeah. She does a lot with college football. She's one of the top dogs there. And dude, she was awesome. I mean, she talked with you over, over zoom and talked with me over zoom separately and uh, really got to know who we are as people and our backstory of 11.7. So if there's any new listeners out there, uh, if you want to get caught up on everything, I uh, definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, it, it's a uh, it's a good piece. She did a great job. She made us look more important than what we actually are. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was definitely a um, dude. It was like it was kind of humbling. I don't I don't know. It was humbling, but it was kind of like surreal. Like, damn, dude, something we just did started for fun. It turning into like a respectful outlet for a sport that we love, yeah. which is like where people respect respect our takes our opinions some of our takes are horrendous but um i think that's part of the fun of it it's not too serious yeah. hey, but you, we also 
you had the quote of the article. I mean, it was, if we need to hang this up somewhere or print the t-shirts. It, it was something about, sometimes we have stupid takes, sometimes we're just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing out loud when I read that, but... Uh... But yeah, no, it was super cool. I mean, all the feedback, appreciate all you guys, um, you know, your Sticking congratulations, your your sentiments, all that stuff. Um, it was awesome. It was a pretty cool day. Um, immediately, as soon as Ben sent it to me, I sent it to my mom and some people in my family were like, that's amazing. That's awesome. So yeah. it was uh, it was pretty cool to just kind of get a little taste of um, a reward for the hard work that we put in. Um not saying that we this what we do it for, but it just kind of pushes you. It kind of puts fuel back in your gas tank to keep going. No doubt, and especially down the final stretch, because, dude, I'll be honest with you, the last three days without college baseball in my life, hundred percent honest, <laughs> it was a little refreshing. <laughs> like it I got back, so refreshing. I got some sleep. I got to spend some time with my family, uh, and I actually from- got to focus on my real job. Like I got to. Uh, take my real job seriously and, and focus on that versus having three screens pulled up around me, trying to sell auto insurance to people calling in to Geico. Um, I was actually focused and and, uh, and I sold a lot more than I, what I usually do. So, um, but I'm I'm ready for it to come back. Like I'm ready for today. You're listening in on Friday. I'm ready for today, tomorrow, and Sunday, and hopefully Monday. Hopefully we'll get some games on Monday as well. I mean. Um, just I mean, because I on. love the board, dude. I freaking I mean, love this super regional board. Come on. You think we're not going to get to Monday? You saw we had 11 freaking games past Monday. I think we're going to make it to Monday. I, dude, I don't want to jinx anything, but I hope to God we got four games on Monday. Um, but anyways, I, I want to explain. There might be some people here that have caught on to college baseball like during the season. This might be their first real year of college baseball coverage. And they might not know how the Super Regionals work. So I'm going to quickly just run by the, the structure of it. It's a, it's a best of three weekend series. So what these teams are used to playing. Uh, no more double elimination like bracket format like the Regionals or what the College World Series will be. Just best two out of three over the weekend. Half the team start on Friday. Half the team start on Saturday. They're played at the, uh, the higher seed stadium. So we have a home field advantage again this weekend. And, uh, and it, dude, it's, it's always a dogfight um, because getting game one, winning that game is, is so important to your chances of winning the, uh, the next two and advancing on to the College World Series. And if you thought that teams were more focused and, and more energetic last week during regionals, oh my uh, it, God. it cranks it up a notch because this is what they've been Ten working notches. for all year. Punching that ticket to Omaha. That's what, dude, that's what teams do when they gather in and they break it down on a player. You know, it's not like Cardinals on three, one, two, three Cardinals. It's like Omaha on three, one, two, three Omaha. Like that's what they're doing. You just fired me up right there. Dude, uh, I mean, I'm fired up for this episode. Like I said, like I'm caffeinated. Uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty jacked up. So, you know what? But anyways, you know what the thing is? Getting to super is a huge accomplishment. But, like, if you lose in regionals or lose in supers, it's almost the same. And it sounds weird saying it, but, like, making it to supers and not making it to Omaha, it just is heartbreaking or painful It's just losing in, in a regional. Like, don't get me wrong. It's super successful. It's a huge accomplishment to win a regional. But at the end of the day, if you don't make Omaha – you you have a, you you have an empty spot. Yeah, I mean you're gonna see tears. In your, in, you're gonna see re, you're gonna see real tears this weekend. Um, teams that were favorites to get to Omaha at the beginning of the year, um, you know, fall short. You know, for example, if if Tennessee 
loses to Notre Dame and doesn't go to Omaha, you're going to see real tears. And I guarantee you Tony Vitello will cry at his press conference because that's how much it means to him. And, and same thing with guys like at Southern Miss who are, are on this once-in-a-decade yeah, once team that they have here. Um, they know that this is a like their best shot to get there. Um, but then on the flip side, you're going to have teams – like like UConn, and I don't know for a fact because I don't know any uh, any guys there at UConn personally. But you know, if they lose in the super to Stanford, and it's like competitive or or maybe not, I don't think you're gonna see them cry. I think they're gonna be more no. of like this was a good ride. You know, this was this was fun. Um, who knows? But I don't I, I don't want to speak for UConn, but I think that this getting to a super regional um, from a team up in the Northeast. Like this is a successful season for them, uh, and I think they'll be happy with it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think. I mean, when you say UConn won't cry, I think I. I don't know if I agree with that. I think because they're, dude. At this point, when you get to regional, you're five wins away from Omaha. That's the number. Five wins away from Omaha. Sometimes six if you have to go through the. No, it's five. No matter what, because no, is it one, two, no four? <laughs> Wait, what are you talking, it's talking about? It's, it's, it's not sick. four. Listen, I, I, I can tell you for a fact no, it's no, not I'm telling four. You, listen, listen. It's five wins to get to Omaha, but sometimes it's six wins to get to Omaha because you have to play the extra game in regional. Yeah, it, it's like it's like the vowels in the alphabet, A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y. It's it's five wins, sometimes It's six. five, sometimes six is the moral of the story. Now in Super, you're literally two wins away from a dream. Because when you get to Omaha and you get eliminated, it hurts and stuck, but you got there. That's like the that's like the pinnacle of the sport. Now yeah. winning a national championship is a whole nother animal that you're trying to take down. But getting to Omaha is probably the biggest animal. Yeah, you want to be treated like a celebrity there. And Omaha, the whole city does an incredible job hosting these kids and making them feel um like something they've never felt before, you know, like actual celebrities walking around so um you know we have all that to look forward to but basically that was a good 10 minute intro to what super regionals are uh you're gonna see a lot of fire in these guys dog eyes. Pile. Um, now dog piles will dog be piles will happen 100 percent um and do you think and, tennessee dog piles if they win oh that's a good question or is it a business trip it's not even a trip for them well it's I mean, like let's it, take care of business. business yeah like um, business. i think they'll dogpile I think why not? They dogpiled last year. Yeah, well, last year was also they weren't a first time. First they time weren't as time. good. They weren't as good as this year. Not even close. Uh, I could cut. I could kind of see both ways. I could see them just saying like before the game, like if they, if would, they. I think it would be more of a jumping up and down rather than a handshake line, but it won't be quite a dogpile. You're right. Actually, I, I could see that. I could see uh, a. Uh, I could see like a halfway between. Up. Jumping up and like down, a, something like they do on MLB The Show when he went a World oh, Series. Dude, oh, they dude, just jump stop, up and down. <laughs> the, that is one of the most annoying things. Um, okay, Phil, so you want to just dive right into your super? Yeah, I was trying to, and you talked about dogpiling. So. Well, I the question, with the finish off our <laughs> kind of our tie-in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's let's just dive right into it. I mean, the, the series that I want to talk about first is uh, the one that's going to start first. That's 12 Eastern, 11 Central, Friday. So you're probably listening to this either before, during, or after <laughs> this game has started. Uh, it, it's East Carolina hosting Texas. And little backstory here, 
Um, Texas was the number one unanimous team in the country in the rankings when the season started, and uh, r- rightfully so. I mean, they were returning the most talent, and uh, across like the draft boards and everything preseason, they looked I mean, like dude, a team to beat. Texas was plus seven fifty to win the national title on opening day. Yeah, and where are they at now? Like twelve hundred. 1200 so they, they went up in value um but, yeah. I mean, they struggled they definitely struggled in the, in the middle part of the year especially in midweeks it felt like there was a lot of midweek action where they just didn't show up um so but anyway so east carolina had probably one of the tougher blows before the season started mm-hmm. losing uh carson wisenhunt the projected first round pick friday night ace he uh, he got popped for a PED test from the NCAA a, like a week before the season. It might have been the week of op- like opening day. And uh, so they, they had to find themselves, and they struggled, and they were bad, very bad at the beginning part of the year. They, didn't they get swept opening weekend by Bryant? By Bryant. Yeah. And and so for them, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the uh, – it wasn't like they – knew that they were good, they were just in a rough patch, they had to do some real soul searching. Like they had to find themselves, find the team identity, um, and and figure out how to win games. And dude, sure enough, that what they finish the regular season on, like a 19 game 21 winning streak. Out of 22. Oh, yeah. I mean they're they've won nine, 21 out of 22, I think. Yeah. And and dude, they're playing some really fundamentally sound baseball. They don't beat themselves. And uh dude, they've had guys step up on the mound. Uh and, and they're, they're actually hitting the ball hard. Like I, we saw it in the Coastal game. A lot of their outs were line drives. So, um, you know, of course, Texas plays in the Big 12, which is one of the best conferences, um, and they finished fourth or fifth. And East Carolina won the American Athletic Conference. And this year it was a down year for that conference. So it wasn't as impressive as maybe years in the past. But I'm excited for this Super Regional because – not only the teams playing on the field, but the crowd that's going to be around it. Uh, the you know, jungle. It, I mean, dude, the jungle is going to be. And by the way, I just, I'm so conscious about when I say the word dude now. Everyone's like, oh, dude, dude. When I'm, they tweet at me, like, oh, did you say dude? I say it way too much. <laughs> I need to stop saying it. <laughs> um, yeah. But the jungle's going to be loud. David Pierce. Just had to go down that road. Are we blowing it out of proportion? Kind of, maybe. But, dude, he knew what he was doing, and he didn't have to take that route in that press conference, um, getting beers thrown at him, guy j- jumping in the bullpen, whatever. Um, you just motivated them to bring in the absolute 110% energy this weekend. Yeah. Well, dude, I, I now I'm saying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> The the difference between what his experience was in the past and now was I believe he was at Tulane um, when in those Houston. experiences happened, and I mean, probably Houston. I don't know that for a fact. Was he? Both. He was. At, he was at Houston as an assistant. Okay. And he went, um, and he went to uh, Greenville. And and so that was a regular season game where where, where people are going to be rowdy, but more of like an obnoxious rowdy. This weekend. This is going to be a uh, like a more focused, more focused rowdy by the fans, where they're going to try to get under Texas's skin early. Um, we'll see how Texas answers, but they're not going to do anything disrespectful. They're not going to throw beers on people. They're not going to hop in the bullpen. Security. There, there's going to be probably ten times as much security at this game than regular season games. So I'm not worried about any of that. 
Like, sure, no. there might be no. words said that players hear that they don't like or appreciate. But, but at the end of the day, of, I, like I don't think – yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think there's going to be any kind of physical harm or threats or anything. No. Um, and and hopefully I'm being uh, I'm being more accurate than optimistic there. But, um, you know, East Carolina's got very respectful fans. And, I, you know, I like following some of their, their uh, fan accounts. Uh, they do a good job promoting their own, own teams on social media. But uh, when it gets down to the nitty-gritty here, um, in order for East Carolina to win this series, in my opinion, they have to they have to win the two games that Pete Hansen doesn't start because I don't think they're going to beat Pete Hansen uh, unless, they, unless they jump on him early or it's a very low-scoring game. I just don't see them putting up more than two or three runs against Pete Hansen, who's been throughout the season one of the most dominant pitchers in college baseball. So I expect Texas to win game one. Um, and, and the funny thing, Dimitri, with, with these Super Regionals, and I know you know this, we talked about it pre-show, if in game one for a Super Regional, yeah, it's important, but if you get down early, you have to save your bullets, your best guys out of the bullpen. Um, you got to save them to pitch in the next two days. So that's why we saw last year Arkansas beating uh, NC State like 21 to 2, four. 20 to 21 to 4 in the first game. And then NC State comes back and wins the next two. You, you, you'll see some blowouts on game one. Uh, just because if, if, it, if Texas jumps out to a 5 nothing lead in the second, you're not going to see East Carolina's best relievers or vice versa. Um, if East Carolina jumps out to a five nothing lead, you're not going to. Well, Texas doesn't have a great bullpen, but you won't They're see gonna, their best arms. See if it's a five nothing. And also, here's another thing: instead of using bad bullpen, they're just going to ride their starters until they get to their you know 90, 95, 100 pitch count. That's true. Whether yeah. it's five inning, five runs, six inning, six runs, whatever the case may be. So if Pete Hansen gives up three in the first and two in the second. You bet, believe he's still going to you know go five, six innings. And yeah. give it everything he has at that point to eat inning. So and, and that rule of thumb goes for with all of the super regionals, not just this them. one specific. It, it's it's something that you're gonna see a lot of uh, not a lot, but you'll see a few blowouts, like 17 to 4 blowout type of things where uh, they just don't care about it. They punt and they just hope to uh score or win the games the next two. Uh so there's a little bit of strategy involved. Now, Texas, you pointed this out, Demetri. I'll let you talk on it here in a second. Um Texas really hits left-handed pitching, and that was that was coming straight from your mouth. I'm trusting you. And East Carolina starting, um, I forget his name, but the lefty. So it, it's a risky play here, uh, just based off of Texas's right-handed heavy order. It, it man. I mean, if you think about it, messing your foul team, um, Staley. Melendez, Staley. Um, it's all righty. I mean, Hado, like righty, Silas Arduan, righty, Mitch Daly, righty. Um, I want to see if I can. I have their stats up. How do you do splits on here? Can you do split? I have no idea, dude. Um, I mean, you told me the stat, so yeah, no, I know, but I want to pull it up and confirm it. Like, I want to confirm it again because I it, it was a tweet that I came across. Um. That saying the Texas and it, and it, I was I didn't even question it because I was like yeah they're super right-handed heavy in their lineup so if you have and, a if you have a righty that has a decent like even if you had a side armor decent little run and a little and a slider 
you're and you can have a lot of success against Texas lineup. I feel like a righty with a good slider and can have some decent fastball command can really give that lineup problem. So I think um we have uh East Carolina's going what's his name? Um who's the lefty star? Oh my god, I sent it to you. Um anyways, yeah, I love Texas game one, especially with a lefty on the mound. And maybe East Carolina throwing him game one kind of as their offset with Pete Hansen. Like, okay, we'll try to win this game, but if we don't, we're not going to use a lefty Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Um, now, I forgot to mention this early, but uh, the uh, the Pirates. Oh, sorry, CJ Mayhew. Five and one with a 282 ERA lefty for um, East Carolina against Pete Hansen. Then Lucas Gordon and East Carolina have not announced their starters for Saturday and Sunday. So um, Texas going lefty lefty first two games. Right. And junior, um, uh, junior and freshman. Yeah. Um, and, and so to kind of set the stage here, East Carolina going back in history, they've never been to Omaha um, and they've had quite a few chances in super regional. So this is the year where are they going to be able to break through? Are they, are they going to be able to, yeah. Are they going to be able to, to punch their ticket to Omaha and have that amazing fan base that they have followed them. Um, and, and dude, I know if East Carolina makes it to Omaha, they might have the most fans there other than maybe Arkansas, if they get it. But, um, Anyways, yeah, most, uh, school, most schools that don't go every year, if they, I mean, Coastal had a lot, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But oh, isn't yeah. East Carolina a way bigger school than Coastal? Uh, that's a good question. I, I would assume so. Yeah. Let me let me look. Let me look. East Carolina enrollment. All right, I'll do Coastal Carolina enrollment. We'll, we'll figure um, this out real quick. Oh wow, twenty nine k. That was twenty. Oh, there's no, now. there's no way that Coastal has more than twenty nine k. No way, absolutely no way. But that was that number from twenty sixteen. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna round it up and assume thirty thousand. Just say I'm just gonna say thirty k. Why are we doing but, this again? <laughs> because um, we were talking about how Coastal bringing brought a lot of fans to Omaha in twenty sixteen. When you don't make it all the time, or if if never make it, everybody takes advantage of that opportunity and goes. Yeah, Coastal Carolina only has like a little over ten thousand. Yeah, so East Carolina will have a lot of fans in Omaha if they get through. Yeah. Hey, they're the best team to never make it to Omaha. That's the quote everyone's been saying. I mean, it's it's facts though, hundred percent facts. Um, now, is there I guess another we team? Ahead... Is there another team that has never made Omaha? That a good program? I, I don't know. I mean. Th- I have no clue. Not even the slightest. Okay. I have not even off the top of my head. I can think of one. Yeah. But anyways, let's go ahead and make our picks for this weekend. Um, let's do team and how many games. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of surprise some people here. I think East Carolina wins in three games. I think this is the year they break through. Uh, they're going to be at home. I know, I know Texas is built for this field. And I know Texas is built for the postseason. But if, if somehow – if somehow Texas has to pit, play a game three, I think the advantage goes to the home team with the better bullpen, and that's the Pirates. So I'm taking East Carolina in three games. So, and I love that. I'm taking the Pirates as well, and here's why. It, I think 
I think East Carolina, I don't think Texas will sweep a two-game set. And it's, it's and so I think it's going to go three games. And so that's where my pick comes in. I think East Carolina wins the third one. So you're taking uh, East Carolina in three games too? Yeah. East All right, well, if you're anybody listening to this, you might as well just take Texas in two because there's no way we're both right. Never happens. Uh, I'm taking East Carolina in three. I just think when you have a super at home, you've never been to Omaha. I'm not saying Texas doesn't want it. Like, of course they want it. But I think East Carolina had the slightest edge where they wanted that much fucking more. Yeah. Like, that much more. Where it's, like, life or death moment. And, and we saw it. We saw it on Monday against Coastal Carolina. Dude, they came out with the fire. They came guys. out. Dude. It was, so, it was, yep. uh, it was good Pirates to see. And, three. and, hey, remember, I had I was the only one to pick East Carolina to go to Omaha this year before the season. Now, that was before Carson Wisenhunt was ruled out, but I stuck with my pick. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my chips all in on the table for the Pirates. How are you going to stick with your pick when you picked Coastal last weekend to win the regional? You're, you're not sticking with your pick. You're just flip-flopping, flippity-floppity. I'm riding the wave, man. Riding the wave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, let's move on to the next super. This is going to be uh, the one that matches up with the winner of Texas-East Carolina in the first round of the College World Series, and it's the number one overall team in the country, number one overall team in history. Tennessee Volunteers. Whoa, whoa. I don't want I don't know about number one team ever yet. You gotta win a national championship to get into that discussion. All right. Well the the I mean fair. Is that fair? <laughs> okay, they're the best team to not win a college world series yet. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a valid point, right? I yeah. think that's valid. If Tennessee doesn't win the national championship this year. They will be known as the best team to, that didn't win it in history. And if they win it, they're going to be the best team that's ever won it. Somebody somebody said 1997 LSU was the best team of all time. Look that up real quick while I break down this series. So um, so Tennessee's playing I mean, I Fighting that, Irish. But... The Fighting Irish of, of Notre Dame, who I got to witness in person last week. Um, they were the best team in that regional at Georgia Southern. But – they, there was nothing that really intrigued me and, and impressed me other than they played great defense. They put the ball in play and their pitchers throw strikes. Now it's a very dumbed down version of what every 12 and under travel ball coach wants to see out of their team. <laughs> hey, play throw good striking. defense, put the ball in play and throw strikes. And that's what Notre Dame is. And, and you know what? That might give, that like boring style of baseball might give Tennessee some trouble, maybe. Like you, comparing it to college football or I have college a, I basketball. Have a lot to say on the series. Yeah, go ahead. And, and, and kind of comparing it to college football or college basketball. Uh, sometimes a team, like let's say Butler basketball from 2011 or 2012, whenever they made the finals, uh, they played a very slowed down, fundamentally game like fundamental game that gave these high like these highly talented teams trouble in the tournament because the highly talented teams couldn't play the same style that they were used to explosive um, built off of the power plays and, and things like that. So I don't know, like, I mean, obviously I'm not going to pick against Tennessee in this because I think they have um, the better coach slightly link Jarrett. He's a savage as a head coach at Notre Dame. Is he, I think he dude smoke is getting even thicker and even hotter of him going to Clemson. I think it's between him and Eric Backage of Michigan. 
to be like 100% honest with so you. Would you leave Notre Dame for Clemson? I think I would. Oh, my God. Yeah, for baseball? Yeah, I think I oh would, too. Oh, my God. In a heartbeat. And, and dude, <laughs> right? you get better like, weather. Who wants – I would 100% rather coach a Doug King more in mm-hmm. Clemson, South Carolina, than freaking the South Bend, Indiana. And and I know Clemson has had a lot of success in football, and they're, like, now a football school. But, dude, they were a baseball school. They were one they're, of the first baseball still, schools. They haven't lost it quite yet. And they're, they've, they're losing oh, oh, it, though. Oh, that brings me up to another great point. Did you notice how I says South Bend, Indiana, and not Notre Dame? I don't want to Even talk. No, their this. address is Notre Dame. Same that's thing a, with that's Palo a pointless Alto. argument. I know we got an argument over Twitter, but I mean, you just it can't win Palo either Alto. way. Anyway, back to Tennessee and Notre Dame. So, um, yeah, I mean, there is rumors flying around that Link Jarrett has pretty much already verbally accepted the job at Clemson. I don't know. I'm not believing it. There's a lot of hoopla going around. I don't believe that for one second. Yeah, a lot of hoopla going around the internet, but whatever. Um, But yes, to answer your question, I would leave Notre Dame in a heartbeat to go to Clemson for just obvious reasons. Um, But, hey, I want to compare coaches here real fast. Link Jarrett is like a – he's probably a top 10 coach in college baseball, maybe even top five. What if I said said Link Jarrett, Dabo Dabo Sweeney, and – Tony Vitello is like. <laughs> no, no, no. I see where you're going with this. I'm going to flip flop you. I'm going to flip flop you. Tony Vitello is more Dabo Sweeney, and, and, and Link Jarrett's more Nick Saban in the, like, just the pure demeanor, pure attitude, approach to the game. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say, I mean, Vitello is 100% more of a Lane Kiffin. No, 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 no. I like the no. Dabo. I like the Dabo okay, comparison. Okay. He's he's upbeat. He's he's not afraid to say what he what he means to the media. Um, yep. Great Dab, recruiter. Okay. And then Link Jarrett is more of the Nick Saban type, minus the championships and the fact that like he coaches the hell out of the players during practice, during games. You don't see him yelling. You don't see him screaming. You don't even really see him talking to players. He Saban, lets them just what are you play. talking about? Saban is a freaking. He will get in somebody's grill sometimes. Sometimes, but like Link Jarrett probably could too. Um, Anyways, there's, okay. There's just not as much flair with it, but okay. Um, but anyways, breaking down the series here. I mean, it comes down to, it will will Tennessee figure out? I don't, I, don't, I think their biggest question mark is like, will they figure out who to pitch and when to pitch? Because they have guys that can pitch, but they're not really separating themselves at the moment. If that makes sense, like they're. I all, think Tennessee has the problem of too many great pitchers. That's that's what but, I was getting at. Yes, that's what I was getting at. Too many great pitchers, and you don't know when to pull them. You don't know when to start them, uh, leave them in too long. Obviously, it's a good problem to have, right? You have, oh, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. a dozen arms that can just flame throw the ball past hitters. Um, I, I don't know, man. I think Tennessee, if they make the right moves, if they make the right moves on the mound, there's no way Notre Dame's going to beat them. But if they slip up and leave a guy in there too long, or if they don't play matchups. And they just trust a guy and leave. Uh, and I mean, Tennessee. I mean, Vitello did go and get Dollander out of there real fast against Campbell. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I think it was what the third or fourth inning. He went and got him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said, "Okay, you, I love. I love this when I heard this from him, from Vitello. Kirby Kirby McConnell. He basically was straight up like he's not the most talented guy on a pitching staff. He's not the hardest thrower. He's not the most savvy looking prospect pitcher. He goes, but his whole life in high school, he was on a team full of studs. 
but he was still their guy. He was still mm-hmm. their guy in every big game, every big moment. And he's like, that's him here. I'm riding with Kirby McConnell when I need a situation. I need out. I'm riding with him. He's not our most. All right. Sorry for the little Wi-Fi disconnection. I don't know if it was on my end or Dimitri's end, but we're, we're back. And uh, to finish up on Kirby McConnell, the point, um, you know, he's the guy that's going to, he's not going to have the best stuff, but he's going to have the, the mindset of I'm better than anybody I'm facing. He's got a little bit more finesse uh, in him and he's got just three or four pitch mix that, that throw hitters off after seeing 98, 99 miles an hour. So uh, Tennessee is by far the heavy favorite here, but, you know, going to look at Notre Dame, this is a team that is battle tested. Um, and, and I'm saying that because of last year, they had to go to Starkville for that super regional and they played they well and, and they could have, could have, and maybe should have. Remember that, that one inning they had where they had like four or five errors and yeah. let Mississippi and they just, State they just gave it away. Yeah, well, so we'll see if they got that out of their system. Um, and it was funny because going into that series, I think they were leading the nation in uh, fielding percentage, and they made like four innings or four errors in one inning. So the uh, the, the thing with Notre Dame is like they're not going to be intimidated. I know Lindsey Nelson; it's a different style. Fans, like they're a little bit a little bit meaner. They'll, they'll say what they mean, and uh, but the, the, as far as like a pure capacity thing, nothing will compare to what they saw at Duty Noble last year in that Super Regional. So, you know, would it would it absolutely shock me, or would it absolutely surprise me if Notre Dame pulls an NC State and wins two out of three against the number one team in the country? No, I, I wouldn't be so stunned where like I'm trying to figure out who I am as a person. Don't lie, you would be pretty stunned if Tennessee lost. No, I, I don't. I mean. I don't think so. I mean, it's the Super Regionals. It's one weekend. I mean, Kentucky beat Tennessee two out of three on a weekend. I mean, it can happen again. The the true, 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 true. Now, I, I would be stunned if like Notre Dame Notre blew Dame them out, two. like two and zero, oh and blew them out. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Now that you say that, I can like I can totally kind of see game one Notre Dame just blow them out and everyone is shell shocked and stunned and then they come out the next day and just roll them again like i could totally see that but i would never bet on that that, no, that would be like yeah. a plus eight thousand odd where i would just be like dude that's not happening so the but, uh the the thing with this series is i think <laughs> that if you look back on the regional from last week campbell and, and georgia tech both got up early on tennessee and they had and, leads for most and they of the had game. leads for most of the game, but they, they didn't have the pitching to close out those games. And Notre Dame might uh, their back end of their bullpen is really good looking at the numbers. Um it they, is good. They uh like they might be able to get a lead early and just sustain it. it. But again, was, I mean Tennessee's offense is good to pop off for seven runs in an inning at any point. But see, that was the problem with Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. They didn't. They don't have. They didn't have velo at the end of the game. They didn't have any more gas. Georgia Tech went from. We already talked about how he had a phenomenal start with Zach Campbell or Zach Maxwell, but um, they didn't have the gas at the end to shut the door. Campbell didn't have the gas at the end to shut the door either. And I mean, if if I if if Notre Dame can bring the velo at the end of the game with a lead. Don't be surprised. They might have be able to win. They might be able to hold one off. Yeah. And then you've got basically two other games where if you can find a way to win one of those, 
you're on your way to Omaha. So, I mean, Tennessee, the clear-cut favorite. So, I mean, you go ahead and make your pick. Uh, I'm taking Tennessee in two at home. And, hey, this is the big thing. And I'm not saying games are rigged, and I'm not saying that um, umpires play favorites. But if there was a time, and this is putting your tinfoil cap on here, this is a little conspiracy. If there was a time for college baseball to need a team in the College World Series for viewership purposes, for attention purposes, it's this year's Tennessee team. Everybody thought it was last year's Arkansas team. Yeah, okay, like you can make that argument, but it, with the momentum that this sport has, I think no, I think Tennessee is going to get every single call go their way. Um, and I, and I'm saying that based off of uh, the facts that the NCAA has kind of screwed Notre Dame the last two years in the postseason as far as seeding goes. Um, I, I think I think college baseball needs this Tennessee team in the College World Series, and obviously they're good enough; like they could win on their own. But if it came down to a close play, like what we saw in Maryland versus UConn or Michigan versus Louisville, Tennessee is going to get the benefit of the doubt 10 times out of 10. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. They, they got hosed. And their stri- the strike zones were brutal both ways. But Tennessee got hosed on quite a few calls during the regional. So, But, but like, also, I- none of them were elimination games. Like. You have to beat this Tennessee team twice to Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can get into all the semantics of that. I, I don't think the NCAA, I'm not a conspiracy theorist believer on that one. Um, I'll leave that one to you, but I, I'm not buying into that. I, I saw I saw a hilarious college baseball conspiracy thing on uh, it's either Reddit or Twitter, um, where it said the NCAA is going to rig the game so that the team's closest to. The four teams closest to Omaha are going to make it because gas prices are so high right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, Uh, in that case, it would be Tennessee, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and who? I guess Southern Miss is probably a little bit close. Oh, I have the T-shirt on right now. Let me see which what what four teams are the closest to Omaha. Our new T-shirt. You have the shirt on. Our our new T-shirts that uh, have the distance to Omaha. Let's see. They're all pretty close. So Hold on. Let me, I'm going to make my pick. Tennessee in three, just two, so we can move on from that one. Um, I think Notre Dame finds a way to win one, um, one of the first two. Um, I think um, Tennessee will win the series. If they win in two, great. But um, I don't think Notre Dame leaves Knoxville without at least one win. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and, and Southern Miss is 100 miles closer to Omaha than Auburn. So – if if that but Auburn, conspiracy... but Auburn and then Corvallis, yeah, anyway, but they would go. Okay. They would go back to Auburn, though. Yeah, they would. I think they have what, like, two, three days at home before they go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you you took Tennessee in three. So you think Notre Dame's going to beat them once? I think Notre Dame can find a way to get one. Which game do you think they're going to win? And don't say game three because if you do, you're a freaking idiot. So do you think they're going to win one or two? Wait, what? Why? Why not game three? Think about it, dude. How are they going to win games? It's a joke, oh. dude. It's a joke, dude. <laughs> you never know with you. Maybe they'll play Tennessee practice squad on Sunday to get an extra game in before Link Jarrett heads to Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, last, one last win with the boys. Yeah. Um, now, I think, dude, I'm telling you right now, I could totally see Notre Dame win one and then Tennessee comes back to win the next two. Yeah, get people on the edge of their seat. Like, like is today going to be like, the day? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, 
if I had to pick between the first or second, I think it's the second one. Maybe but the first one. I actually, you know, if, if I were to pick one, be the first one. Yeah, um, kind of catch him off guard, catch him sleeping a little bit. Something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, Tennessee and three. Okay. Uh, moving on to Texas A&M versus Louisville. Oh, by the way, Tennessee and Notre Dame tomorrow, uh, t- tonight at 6 p.m., Saturday at 2 p.m., and then Sunday to be determined. No time on that one. Yeah. Um, that's the schedule for that series. 6-2 and then to be determined. Yep. Um, all right. So here we go. Here we go. Texas A&M, Louisville. Is it Louisville? 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 I'm just kidding. I call it Louisville. But some, I, I hate when people say Louisville. Well, people from Louisville say Louisville. Louisville. I hate that's how they, that. That's what they say. It's Louisville. Like when you see, when you hear someone has the name Louis, you say Louis, not Louis. Like Lois from. You got to like family. almost say it in the back Lowell. of your throat. Like Louisville. 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 <laughs> it's not Lowell. It's not like, hey, like Lowell, Massachusetts. It's not Louisville. 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 Louis. I mean. Don't tell them what their what their city is called, but it is. Um, I'm gonna tell them it's Louisville. All right, <laughs> Louisville here we go. Slugger, so, not Louisville Slugger. So this this super regional, I'm gonna make it uh, very simple. This is my lock of the lock of the week here, as far as winning a series. I I think Texas A&M smokes Louisville. I think they smoke them, and and it's it's partly because I think Louisville's regional. I can't stop saying Louisville now. Uh, Louisville's regional it was a little weak. Uh, I thought they got a weak Oregon team, um, and that they got a hot Michigan team. But Michigan, they didn't do anything in the regular season. They didn't have the talent to be on the field. Uh, and then, and and then Texas A&M, I thought had a pretty tough regional. They had one of the best four seeds in, in uh, Oral Roberts, if not the best four seed. Uh, and then they had the Raging Cajuns and TCU. So, I, I think Texas A&M at home. With Jim Schlossnagel as a head coach, and their their home crowd, and the heat that's gonna—I mean, it's gonna be 100 degrees um, this weekend in, at, in College Station. I think everything plays to the advantage of, of Texas A&M, and I think that this is gonna be. Everybody's like, "Oh, this series is such a toss-up. I don't know what to pick." I, I think the Aggies destroy the Cardinals. I, I think they just, just flat out beat them by 10 runs both games. Interesting. It's just it's all about preparation. I know Jim Schlossnagel knows how to get the boys prepared like he did uh, in this regional. And even though AM played some close you gonna, games, you're gonna you're gonna disrespect Dan McDonald like that. No, no disrespect to him. Well, you said he, it's all about preparation. Like, yeah, I, I think like I think McDonald's not gonna have his boys ready. Dude, dude, look back on history. Like Schlossnagel, I feel like always has his his team ready for these big moments. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're saying you said it like oh. It's all about preparation. You went straight to A and M. Like you don't yeah. think Louisville be prepared? Dimitri, did way, I, can did you? I say, can you? Did can I you say? Put, did I say that I? Can, I think hold on, hold Louisville. on. Can you put your shirt back on normal? It's driving me insane. All right. I don't even know why you're looking at me right now, dude. Worry about I mean, yourself. Wait. Worry, worry about you picking Louisville. I mean, because I know that's what you're gonna do. But, um, but anyway, so so. Comparing the numbers between these two teams, Louisville had a better regular season. They they had a better batting average as a team. They scored more runs. They hit more home runs, stole more bases, and their, their pitchers had more strikeouts as a team. I don't think that means anything because of the the the, the ballpark that they're playing in fits Texas A&M's team better than really anybody. It's, it's deep into the gaps and pretty shallow down the lines. 
these guys, they don't try to pull the ball for a home run when they get up to the plate. I feel like a majority of their hard-hit balls are between the gaps. Who? Texas A&M. And, uh, and I think Louisville gets a little, like, home run happy where they're trying to yank balls down the line. And Louisville sprays the gaps, too. Come on. No, dude, not really. Not their hard-hit balls, at least not in this past regional. Most they, of them. They, they live center. A pretty no, healthy dude, amount. I don't. I disagree they, with Louis, that. Come on, Louisville lived pretty healthily dead center in dude, the gap. Not this Humphrey, past regional. Humphrey, Bianco, um, Masterman. Um, dude, all of. I feel like all of their base hits were. What's their catcher's name again? What's their catcher's name again? Oh my God, Dalton Rushing. Rushing. They all are pretty pretty decent. Gap the gap hitters. I mean, yeah, of course, if they get, get one in their happy zone, they're going to absolutely tater it down the line, but they're going to pull it. But they, they were, fa- dude, dude, I don't think you know what you're talking about. They, they, I do know what I'm talking about. Dude, go back and look at their hardest hit balls. And they were, they were against 88 to 90 mile an hour fastballs from Michigan or Oregon or whoever, or uh, Southeastern Louisiana. No, no, not Southeastern Louisiana. SEMO. Uh, SEMO. They were getting 88 to 90, and they were just pulling every ball just between first baseman, second baseman. The ground balls went there. Home runs went down the line, both directions. Like, it what, was do you, a, what, do you, what do you want them to do? I mean, like, they're getting 88, 90. They're all they're, – they're pissing all over them where they should be. Now, if A&M bring down 92, where's that ball going? To the gaps. Right into the center fielder's glove. Oh, they're not, they're not used to hitting I don't, power. I don't think you know what you're talking about here. If I think there was you're not, doing shit. I there think was, you're just spewing stuff right now just to – I don't know where you're going with this point. Make your pick, I guess. I, I mean, I'd said it's the lock of the century here. Texas A&M, two games. Book it. Interesting. So, when I – this is where this is where I'm getting – this is where I'm having difficulty. How many ACC teams are going to make Omaha? Yeah, I think they ha- I think there's five SEC teams and four so, AC- ACC. Yeah, that's what, that's what the count is. And mm-hmm. there's one, two – Three ACC versus SEC regional. That's what the NCAA wants. That's and what they want. How many ACC teams are going to make it? Because everyone can have their SEC homerism, SEC bias. I think, and I'm skipping ahead here just to come back to my point. I think either Louisville or North Carolina win. I don't, or like, I don't think Arkansas and A and M both go to Omaha. I think it's one or the other. So. I have in this regional. I have Texas A and M in three. I just I did the the, mo- the mojo in Blue Bell Park is too strong right now. Schloss is rolling. That team is they've got that they've got that momentum. They've got that little sway. They've got the home field. Louisville is good, but their pitching concerns me so much when mm-hmm. this time of the year, and they're not as deep as they have been in the past. They don't have their McKay. They don't have their Birdie. They don't have their Detmers. They don't have like Poland has been phenomenal this year, but he's not a a guy. He's not a dude. Like he's not a almost an automatic W kind of guy. And yeah, I do. This that concerns me with Louisville. They, they their pitching staff is a good pitching staff, but it's not a great pitching staff like some of their team in the past. And so I'm taking it, Texas A and M and three. Yeah. Now I, I want to know. I don't know this statistic. I forgot to look it up. Louisville they 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 try to steal a lot of bases and they're really good at it. They're, they're, they're yeah, they're really good at. It. Now it's a turf field where they play at, and this they're A&M fast. Field, they play fast. They're, they're, yeah, they do, and it's because their their field plays fast. It's like the the bouncy turf. It feels like, and 
this is a this is a grass field, dirt infield um, that AM has. So maybe it slows them down a half a step. I don't know the, the physics behind it, but you, you got to think that they're a little bit slower on dirt than they are on turf. Is that fair to say? Maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, they probably won't be as aggressive and, and as chaotic on the base path. They yeah. always are going for the extra bag. That's what Louisville does. And and what is uh what is Dylan Rock um what is his throwout percentage from behind the plate? I don't even know how to look this up. Um, I mean, I can tell you. I I, I, I feel like you. he's a good thrower, but I don't have any stats to back it up. So I'm gonna look this up real quick because if he if he throws people out, if he's a gunslinger back there, I mean that just plays even more into my advantage. Is making this the lock of the century. Um. Let's I think see. Dylan Rock. I think Both. I think um, who else am I thinking of? Moss. Moss. I think A and M has got and maybe hey, a lot of those guys are playing. I mean, and Clutch Clunch, Troy Clunch in the Clutch. <laughs> I think that team. I think that team. A lot of those guys are playing higher than their typical level, which is when you have a team like that, it's dangerous. So. Um, I do like A&M in the series. I think Louisville will get one, but I just don't think it'll be that competitive of a series. You know how they'll grab a game, but the other two won't be very close. That's kind of what I'm seeing in the series. Yeah. Um, but um, I'll tell you right now about ba- uh, what's his name? I don't know how to look Rock. at the I'm telling you. I'm about to tell you. No, why do you say Rock is catching? Oh, not Rock. It, 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 it's Clonch. It's Troy Clonch. Yeah, Clonch is their catcher. I knew that from Oregon State. Um, why, did I, why did I think Dylan Rock was a catcher for some reason? That's Dylan that's Rock. Dylan Rock is with third base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so eleven. He's 31. eleven of thirty-one. That's pretty good, right? Throwout percentage of what twenty-seven thirty-eight. Twenty-six percent. Oh, a throwout percentage of twenty-six. Yeah, about twenty-six, twenty-seven percent. I think that's solid, right, for a catcher. I don't actually, to be honest, I don't know what a good catcher's throwout percentage is. Is a good catcher throwout <laughs> percentage? I, I I don't know what the number is. I always assumed it was like twenty five percent. My my favorite thing about uh, like high school showcases is when these kids, these catchers are like one point four pop time. I had a one point six eight pop time. I'm like, bro, Yadi Molina throws like a one eight. There's no way you're even close. Major league average for throwing out base dealers is about 30%. Okay, so that's major league average. average. I'll take 26%. Throws out one every four. That's what I'm saying, about 25%. Because Mm -hmm. how many, and I will guarantee you, about two, at least two out of those four is on the pitcher. With a slow ass, super nonchalant delivery, doesn't know how good a knee to knee in the stretch, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I, dude, I'm so embarrassed I said Dylan Rock was a catcher. I, I know better than that. Troy Clonch. I, I guess that was just the first dude, name that Troy popped in my Clanch head. Troy Clonch is such a catcher's name, too. Clonch, yeah. Just, it sounds squatty, doesn't it? It, it sounds, it sounds very, very like bulky and squatty and just guy yeah. behind the plate. He was a Dylan catcher. Rock sound, Dylan Rock sounds like a corner infielder power, power hitter. Yeah. Maybe a shortstop kind of playing out of position a little bit. But Rock, Dylan Rock sounds like a corner infielder, maybe a first baseman, but obviously quarter, third baseman. Quarter, quarterback. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this series starts at 8.30 tonight, um, Friday night, and then it'll be 3 p.m. Saturday, and then to be determined on Sunday. Yep. 
Nice. Um, time at blue belt, a lot of bubbles, baby. So you took I took AM in two, you took AM in three. Yep. All righty. Um, next one we got is Oklahoma versus Virginia Tech. Um hardest before I'm just gonna say right now before you go in, the hardest pick, I think, of all of them. This is my toughest one. See, I think this one was my second or my third easiest behind Tennessee and Texas A&M. Um, I think it's my third easiest because Virginia Tech, of course, like has this like elite offense, which would have been the best offense in the nation if it wasn't for Tennessee. Um, but on the pitching side of things, like Hackenberg, their, their ace guy, has struggled his last few times out on the mound. And this Oklahoma team has been absolutely capitalizing on, on pitcher mistakes and yeah, I mean they they're they're hot. I mean Oklahoma. Has, uh, hey, they got dominated by a freshman with nine innings. That's true, but they also didn't like prepare for that guy. You know what I mean? Like they didn't they, their true. game plan and their scouting report wasn't based off of them. Like they have true. as much scouting report off of Hackenberg as as anybody. Um, and so I mean I think Oklahoma has what it takes to get to Omaha. Uh, they were really a surprise team for me this year. I didn't think anything of them, but Peyton Graham has turned into the best player in college baseball at this moment um clutch gene is there makes unreal plays at shortstop and uh he's just everything he's been hitting is just a line drive barrel and 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 he's hit quite a few home runs recently too uh and i know this this series is at virginia tech but i don't think that intimidates oklahoma at any like at any level virginia Um, tech doesn't quite have that and i'm not trying to throw jabs and punches but i don't think virginia tech had the top tier home field advantage crowd and atmosphere environment like for example east carolina or right. a&m or tennessee and it, it might get there if they continue the success in, in baseball like this could easily turn into a baseball school i mean they have one of the best traditions in football with the um inter sandman no San, inter sandman inter sandman sandstorm is south carolina um but i mean i think i think oklahoma wins this I'm going to say Oklahoma in three. I think Virginia Tech's offense is good enough to get them game two. I, I would say Oklahoma game one, Virginia Tech game two, and then Oklahoma wins it on the road game three. Dude. Oh, my God. This this is literally my hardest pick. By the way, I hate how Drew Hackensburg spells his name Drew. I hate it. Oh, D-R-U-E. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, my God. Like it's either D R U or D R E W. What was um I, Andrew Jones spe- spelled his name weird? It was like A. It was it's Andrew. It's Andrew, but with a U instead of an E. Yeah. But like Drew should be D R U or D R E W. There's no D R U E. Whatever. Um, Fyrovid. I mean, dude, they have they have a they have good arm. They have good arm. Um, I'm taking Virginia Tech in three in this one, and I hate it because oh my god, I know I I want to take Oklahoma, but I can't even use my blue blood meter measurement here. Yeah, neither of these teams are blue blood. Dude, I so, look at Virginia I'm, Tech's record, and it, it still blows my mind. They went 44. They're 44 and 12 right now. It's unbelievable. Like they're that good. They've only lost 12 games, dude. And and they've hit 118 home runs this year. I, I'm um, taking Virginia Tech in three game. Um, I don't have my blue blood meter here, so I can't use that. I'm going to ride with the home team that has good offense. Yeah. 
So wow, I mean, Virginia. dude, imagine if the left side of the bracket though was Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Texas, and Tennessee. Just rivalries for days. Yep, that would mean that would mean that would mean a potential one and zero game between Tennessee and Oklahoma or Texas Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of matchups there, but yeah. Um, so a couple stats I have about this series: Virginia Tech, Oklahoma. Virginia Tech is is way better hitting team than Oklahoma. Like from the season standpoint goes, I mean they've almost hit twice as many home runs. Uh, they're hitting the twenty points higher as a team average. Um, but Oklahoma has stole twice as many bases. I don't know if that's going to play a factor. Uh, and and Oklahoma struck out more hitters on the mound. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm just going based off of what I've seen in the last twenty games. Uh, obviously, Virginia Tech's been rolling, but they Virginia did have that Tech scare. They Virginia Tech got two, potentially three first rounders in that lineup. Yeah, Scoble, Gavin Cross, and Cade Hunter. Yeah, and I mean Bittison rakes too. So I mean, I like Virginia Tech lineup way more. Yeah. Um. So you took Virginia Tech in how many games? Three. Three, and I took Oklahoma in three. Yep. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, that's our let's... first. That's our first counter pick. That's our first one. We're not on the same page. Yeah, that's good. And, and believe me, dude, I, I think if this was Virginia Tech versus Florida, I would take Virginia Tech all day. There's just something about this Oklahoma team that just feels right. Uh, and I, I don't think I've put my 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 foot on it yet. Or what's the saying? I haven't put my finger on it. I haven't put my finger on it yet. And, I mean, and... dude. I mean, dude. You've been riding Oklahoma for this long. Keep riding with them. You've been riding yeah. them through Big Twelve tournament, through the regional. Keep stick with them. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with them. They haven't let me down yet. And, and Peyton Graham follows me on Twitter now, so uh, <laughs> I can't let him down there. Anyways, let's move to the uh, the right side of the bracket. We'll start here with Stanford hosting UConn. Uh, I, I hinted at it on Monday's episode. The only thing that excites me about this is that, that we're going to have games on at 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. The This is going to be the late game pretty much every day, uh, other than, I mean, Oregon State, Auburn, I don't know what their schedule is, but um, I feel like Stanford always plays the night games, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but... Uh, Let me see. I'll tell you right now. By the way, that that the Virginia, the Blackbird Super, is 3 p.m. today, Friday, noon, Saturday, to be determined Sunday. And then Stanford is 10.37, and, yeah, Oregon State is 10 p.m. So those are late, but those are on starting on Saturday. Yeah. Um, but, hey, I mean, Stanford's the way better team in this region. I mean, in this super regional. Way, way, way better team. Uh, it should have been Texas State if, if they didn't have the um, – I don't want to call it a collapse because Stanford earned every bit of it. Oh, uh, they earned – I was about to say, they earned – they yeah. freaking barreled up 290-mile-an-hour baffled down the dick and yeah. punished them, so – that's on that's on Texas State for giving them that. Right. But I mean Stanford, they they won their home regional. They're the number two overall seed for a reason. They won the Pac twelve regular season. They won the Pac twelve tournament, won the regional. I would be an idiot to pick against them. I think they play in a much better conference. They they have a much better team. Uh and, and UConn played in a in a weaker regional. That was Maryland, um, and Wake Forest and help me out, who was the four seed? It was someone terrible. Binghamton. Nope. It was Are not you talking Binghamton. about in Stanford? No, no, no. UConn. Who was the four seed there? Oh, UConn was uh was um 
They were they were out of the tournament so fast. Whoever um, it was. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Wake Forest beat them on the elimination. LIU Brooklyn. Yep, Long Island. Or Long Island, yes. So, uh, I think Stanford wins this in two. Uh, I think it's going to be they're going to they're going to take care of business. And and for UConn to go out west and play in like a. Uh, just a di- different atmosphere than what they're used to. I mean, it's dark at Stanford. It's like kind of lull you to sleep. Stanford knows how to play in that atmosphere. It's it's going to be a you know what all day. you know what. So I was thinking when we were watching the Texas State game, it seemed dark, right? It's a camera issue. It's not the stadium. The stadium is pretty bright. The stands are a little darker, but the field is bright. It's the, it's a camera thing because uh, like Oklahoma State is super bright because they light yeah. up their bleachers. Um, what was another one I was thinking of? Tennessee lights up their whole stadium pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think of what stadium is pretty dark. Florida seemed a little darker. Mm-hmm. But, hey, don't knock on Stanford. That environment they had against Texas State was electric. That was one of my favorite, like, yeah, their fans individual games. They proved me wrong. They they definitely proved me wrong because I was saying that that regional was dead all weekend and they came alive Monday. Now let me ask you this: like, other than like, let's take our picks out of it. Would it be better for college baseball to have Stanford in the College World Series or this UConn team as maybe someone that Stanford? Stanford. Give me, give me, like, it would be better for college baseball to have Southern Miss or in U in East Carolina than to have yeah. UConn. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, if, if Southern Miss and East Carolina make it to Omaha, and UConn does too, UConn will kind of get forgotten about because yep. I think the, the yep. city is going to attach to Southern Miss or East Carolina first. Yep. Now, if like Texas and Ole Miss go and UConn goes, the city of Omaha will rally behind UConn. I think. I think UConn is like a big school with a smaller baseball program that makes sense like uconn dominates women's basketball they dominate men's basketball for for so long i don't think people will gravitate to them as much as some of these other schools that are not national brands i think stanford is a baseball school it is and stanford needs to be in omaha yeah now i mean uconn has had a great season without potential first round pick um what's his name reggie crawford Without him, uh, yeah, didn't have Reggie Crawford all season, and he was he was their lightning rod last few years. First baseman, yeah. Um, but anyways, I mean, I'm going Stanford in two games. What do you have for us? Stanford in two. I mean, I I enjoyed watching being able to watch Stanford the past couple of weeks with the Pac-12 tournament and that regional. Um, they have more dudes. They just have better dudes. Their lineup is loaded. Mm-hmm. Their bullpen is, was one of their kind of quote unquote weaker spots. They showed up this weekend. I mean, outside of um, the what is their freshman phenom name? The two way guy. Oh, um, dude, I just lost it. Uh, I lost it. I just lost it too. It's got a long last name. Anyway, anyway, outside of him, them trying to squeeze him in, bullpen was dominant. Ryan Bruno was an animal, left from the left side. He's gonna shit talk you yourself back to the dugout he's gonna attack you um nick was it william um what's his name alex williams alex, alex william it, a bonafide ace so yeah stanford all day yeah i mean they're my national champion that's true 
All right, let's uh, we'll move on to the super regional that matches. This, oh, up. yeah, this one at 10 37 p.m. starting on Saturday. The right side of the bracket, all games are Saturday through Monday, FYI. Nice. Um, so the 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 matchup that would play the winner of UConn and Stanford is the is U, UNC. The Tar Heels are hosting Arkansas Razorbacks. My second hardest se- second hardest series to pick. Oh, uh, this one was easy. It, it wasn't easy for me, but I have Arkansas winning the national championship. I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, they had to freaking battle their guts off against uh, against Oklahoma State in that regional, but their offense came alive. And and people may argue, like, hey, the balls were juiced and and the ball was flying. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, I get that. Believe me. I, as a hitter, I see it. Those balls were at least five miles an hour faster off the bat than uh, what was probably happening during most of the season. Uh, I mean, when, when this matchup is all said and done, like North Carolina deserved to host just because of how they just ran through the ACC tournament. But at the at the end of the day, Arkansas gets better recruits. I think they have better coaching. I think that's safe to say. Better player development. And their, their only weak point is, like, their pitching staff, right? Well, their pitching staff has put up better numbers this year uh, throughout the season than North Carolina has. So when I saw that, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take Arkansas. I think it's going to be probably a slugfest, high-scoring games. Uh, Vegas has, like, the over-under at, like, 15-and-a-half right now for uh, runs in game one. But this is a team – this is an Arkansas team with a chip on their shoulder uh, from what happened last year, and they're going to – I think they're going to win in three games. It wouldn't surprise me to see North Carolina win one, but uh, I'm taking the Razorbacks. So I'm taking, I'm taking. Um, well, before I get there, before I make my pick, Arkansas is coming off a very emotional, super, super emotional, high leverage regional with Oklahoma State. They had a good crowd, a good home crowd, traveling crowd. Um, fan base, whatever you want to call it, in Stillwater. North Carolina showed me how they're pretty dominant. I mean, they lost a game against VCU, came back, and just absolutely dominated their way to the regional title. Yeah. Um, you're not going to no, – Arkansas is not going to be able to squeeze that many fans like they did in Stillwater. It is going to be all North Carolina, maybe about 500 Arkansas fans. That's, I think this, so. Chapel Hill will not let Arkansas fans in there. That place will be all baby blue with some Arkansas. It's not, it's not a, a thing against Arkansas fans. This, they're not going to get their hands on enough tickets to make enough impact as far as like how loud it's going to be with a woo pig chant. Um, give me North Carolina in three. Um, I think two ACC teams are going to make Omaha, and it's Virginia Tech and North Carolina. The two best teams NC State showed me last year. The hottest team at the end of the year, hottest team in the ACC right now is North Carolina. I'm going to ride them to Omaha. Wow. Do I have the ACC going 0-4? I do. That's yeah, not, not going to happen. That's not good. That's the be- That was the best conference in the regular season, you're, RPI-wise. I mean, you're, that's not going to happen. At least God, one will make it. I hate myself for that. I hate myself. Why did I do that? And you know what's so bad is like I, I honestly love go back if you want to change when you can. No, I I don't think I can because I love those four picks. I love Texas A and M, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Do you really think the ACC is going to go zero and four and super and not have a single team in Omaha? No way, no way. History said absolutely no way. I could be totally wrong, but there's there's no way. I love those picks. <laughs> I love them. 
I hate that. I, I, I just don't know. The Oklahoma one, don't you? You have to ride with Oklahoma. Like that's not. And that's, I have to ride with Arkansas. Uh, I, I have to ride with Texas A and M because that's the lock of the weekend. And then Tennessee. Like, am I going to pick Notre Dame? I mean, I just think, I just think, NC State told me last year. The hottest team coming out of the ACC at the end of the year, winning game. You got yeah, that does that actually does like that's my cup of tea right there. That's something like a stat that I would bring up. Um, like, hey, they won the ACC tournament. They're red. They're hot, rolling, rolling. Even though NC State didn't win the ACC tournament last year, people forget they no, lost. I know they, yeah, but they were also super hot. Um, North Carolina swept Florida State, ran through the ACC tournament had one hiccup against VCU, came back and ran through it again. So I don't know. I I, and, I just think and North, they get their and they get their head coach back. And, yeah. And Chapel Hill is not an easy place to play on the road. Yeah. It is those North Carolina fans love Carolina baseball. Oh yeah. I mean so, I, I think this is like as far as the best fan bases going up against each other, I would put it I'd put this series up with with maybe East Carolina and Texas or Oregon, Oregon State, Auburn, maybe. Yeah, uh, but but this, I just think, I just think Arkansas is coming off such an emotional regional that it's going to be very difficult for them to win another series or regional, super regional series, whatever you want to call it, on the road again against another hostile crowd. I just think it's really hard to do that. It's really difficult. So I'm taking we're, Carolina. We're, I'm going to throw another take out there. We're going to have a Bob Moore game. Robert Moore is going to take over one of these games and hit maybe a couple homers or, you know, make some big plays. He's he's so due. Um, Bob, Bob Moore is so due for a big game. North Carolina this series Saturday, Sunday, Monday, eleven a.m. on Saturday, one p.m. on Sunday, then Monday if necessary to be determined. So the day games, I like that. I like 11 the eleven a.m. on Saturday. Yeah. Imagine having to get up at eleven a.m. for arguably. One of the biggest games of the year. That sounds so bad. Get up at eleven. I mean, they got to get up probably like at least okay. eight, you know, eight, yeah. They're getting seven thirty, seven o'clock, and their BP starts at eight thirty. Yeah. Um. Anyways, let's move on to the Oregon State hosting Auburn Super Regional. Um. Uh, this one's tricky for me, dude, because I think Oregon State is is really talented. Um. And I think that they kind of have that Omaha feel about them. You know, last year they didn't make it. Um, and they, they won it all in 2018, of course, but dude, the way Auburn just absolutely punished their, their regional outscoring opponents, 50 to something, 50 to 15, somewhere in there. And it was a, it was a pretty dense regional with, uh, with UCLA and Florida state. I I'm starting to turn towards Auburn, but I'm, I'm going to stick with, with the Corvallis home crowd. I don't hate this pick. But I can talk myself into Cooper Ajerpy, Golden Spikes finalist, uh, you know, winning the game. And, and the travel for Auburn is another big question mark. Like, are they going to be ready to go, uh, you know, three, uh, two or three different time zones away uh, in the middle of Oregon, of all places? I, I'm going to take Oregon State in three games, but Auburn's playing unreal baseball right now. <laughs> they really are. They are playing really well. Um I just think this goes back to that series with Arkansas. They had a very battle-tested three-game series. They just couldn't get it done. Um, I, I don't know, man. I just think this Auburn team is good enough, but I think their ceiling isn't high enough. 
I think when it comes down to really good team, I just don't know if their ceiling is high enough. I think their floor is pretty high. They're going to beat a lot of teams. I just don't know how high their ceiling is. Like how how good of an opposing team can they compete with? Can you expand on that a little bit more? Like I, I'm trying to buy into what you're saying. I'm trying so to like, so like, let's just say like Auburn will beat. Let's just say I think Auburn is good enough to beat 75 percent of the teams in the country consistently. But when it comes to the top eight, nine, ten teams in the country, I think they their ceiling is not high enough to, for them to win those series. What for whatever reason, offensively, bullpen, starting, pitching, whatever the case may be. The Tennessee series, another one example. They showed how good they are, but they're just not good enough. Um, in Arkansas series, they showed how good they can be competitive, but they just weren't good enough mm-hmm. to get over the hump and win the series. Um, and that, that comes to down to the same thing with the Oregon State series. I think Auburn is going to battle. I think it's going to be a good fought series, um, but I just think they're not going to be deep enough. They're not going to be good enough to actually win it. Give me Oregon State in three. Yeah. Um, you know, what's, what's scaring me a little bit is how bad Auburn beat, uh, UCLA who played Oregon state really well at the end of the year. But that was also UCLA's fourth game of the weekend with pitchers hurt and all that good stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, (laughs) mean, you haven't made a pick yet. Yeah, I did. So Oregon state in three. Oh, you did Oregon state in three. Yeah. I like the home field advantage. I like the the history, the tradition of the Beavers. Um, I, I I mean, I've seen them in Omaha since like the beginning of the year. I, I I just think they're they're the better team. But God, this is this one was tough. That one was. I'm I'm actually talking myself into Auburn right now, just looking at some numbers. I, I I'm talking myself into Auburn, but I'm gonna stick with the Beavers. Uh, God, dude, I want to switch to Auburn, but I'm not going to. I there's one thing I do want to change. I want to take A and M and two instead of three. Ah, copycat. I mean, it doesn't matter how many games <laughs> it is. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, um, now we're we're going this, to the grand granddaddy this, of them all. This series, um, Auburn, Oregon State, Corvallis, Super, 10 p.m. Saturday, 10 p.m. on Sunday, and then to be determined on Monday if necessary. Game Ooh, Sunday three. night, so, 10 p.m. So 10 p.m. Saturday and Sunday night. And and it's a good series too, so it'll be it'll be exciting baseball late night. Love yeah. it. Um, all right, so moving over to Hattiesburg, where everybody's got their eyeballs. Man, you got two teams that hate each other. Um, one looks at them as a little brother. One looks at them as as like a, a team that they just despise. <laughs> is it um, even little brother? Is it little grandchildren? No, you can't put them in that conversation. Maybe in football, but. And, and basketball, but not baseball. I, I'd argue like Southern Miss and Ole Miss have been to what they both been to Omaha once since 2009. True. Um, my pick, I mean, this is probably one of my easier picks. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, this one started out as one of my hardest picks, but I, I turned into one of my easier ones because Southern Miss kind of feels like that team of destiny as far as like getting breaking the ice, breaking through, and, and getting to Omaha. But like the, Biggest factor is not not the home crowd. I mean, the home crowd is going to be amazing. Uh, we saw it last week in the regionals with LSU there. Um, they put on an excellent, excellent regional. Everything from uh, TV camera angles to you know people uh, getting rowdy down the lines and in the stands. 
passionate fans. Uh, it was a it was a great time to watch. But when it comes down to like on field play, the longer that this regional goes, the more it favors um, Southern Miss because of the pitching depth. Southern Miss has guys that have thrown 18 innings this year that are 95, 96 miles an hour. They have a a, a really really top of the line pitching staff that. I don't know if they didn't. I don't know if they went unnoticed during the regular season, but they definitely, they definitely didn't get all the recognition that they probably deserved. And Coach Ostrander from uh, from Southern Miss has just built those guys into a machine. Um, every one of their pitchers are just machines out there. Um, now Ole Miss has the better offense, and, it, and it's without question, especially with Tim Elko, Kevin Graham, um, those type of guys that have been there a long time that have had tons of hits in the uniform and big hits at that. I, I, I feel like Southern Miss wins this series in three games, um, and I hope it goes three games because the more games, the better. Uh, I, I just don't think – I don't think Ole Miss has the, the bullpen and the, and the pitching depth to, to beat this Southern Miss team more than, more than once. So you're going Southern Miss in two or three? In three. Southern Miss in two for me. I mean, it's that simple. Wow. Um, I think Southern Miss sweeps the series. I think LSU don't. Yes, I know Ole Miss went down to the box and swept LSU, but the way LSU was playing this postseason, they were they were playing really well. They were swinging well. They were come making comebacks in game. They pitched pretty freaking good. Um, they they were walking too many guys um, for the most part. I think the Southern Miss team just absolutely dominates Ole Miss this weekend. Um, and it's going to be electric at the P. Um, I, I just don't I just don't see all, any way Ole Miss wins this now, series. Now, here's a counterpoint. I, I I think, or at least I feel like every year, there's there's always one three seed that gets to Omaha. Uh, I don't have numbers to back that up, I, I'll be honest. I just I feel like there's always a three seed there. And it's going to come down to Ole Miss or UConn, and Ole Miss does have a much better chance than UConn to get there. Uh, and and they play in a tougher conference, and they but, were ranked number one in the country. They were ranked number one in the country in the beginning part of the year. Uh, so maybe they're coming into form. But listen, if you if you're Southern Miss, if you play baseball at Southern Miss, and you say, "Hey, out of these fifteen other out of these fifteen other series, or out of the fifth, sorry, out of the fifteen other teams." You can pick one to play at home in a super regional. All 35 guys on that team, plus coaches, plus training staff, plus fans. They're saying, give me this team in the red, white, and blue from up north. They want this Ole Miss team. They're prepped for it. And uh, and they have a little bit of a little mojo going with their with their bright yellow uh, boat paddle. Did you see that? Yeah. They've been, they've been rocking those paddles since the conference tournament and even before that. Yeah. But you know the thing is, beating Ole Miss during the regular season of Mississippi State during the regular season, oh, it's like a little rivalry win. But sending Ole Miss home and going to Omaha is literally the biggest kick in the face, the biggest, biggest more rivalry victory you could possibly have in the sport other than winning yeah. the final series in Omaha. But in front of your own crowd, I think this means more than when – like beating Ole Miss for the national championship or beating Ole Miss in front of your home crowd to go to Omaha, I think this one matters more. I think this one is like, dude, this is how you really humiliate your rival. 
it, yeah. the dog pile in front of them to go to Omaha. But also, you could make the counterpoint: the exact same thing applies to Ole Miss. Yeah, like oh, we're the we're we're your daddy. We're going to Omaha. We just yeah. came into your park and beat you to go dog to Omaha. Pile. So yeah, so um, but hey, two really veteran-led teams, like old <laughs> older dudes on the team. You know, you got Tim Elko for Ole Miss and Gabe Montenegro from Southern Miss, who I feel like have been there since. 2010. I mean, McGillis, McGillis, Sergeant, all the that I mean that and I mean even don't even forget Danny Lynch is the leader of them all. He's yep. Southern Mrs. Tim Elko. Yeah. So um great, great theory there. Ben, I have a little thing I want to throw at you. Go right. from starting from the beginning on a scale of one to ten, the dog pile the dog pile meter. What do you think the winner will dog pile? Yeah. Right. Uh, so on a confidence scale of one to ten. Or a one to five, sorry. One to five, like, are they going to dogpile or not? Yeah, conf- okay. confidence meter. Uh, East Carolina. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put it. We're, I just I'm gonna put it on the graphic too. Dogpile, yes or no? Yes. Uh, East Carolina, one hundred percent. No. Yes. ECU, Texas. Will East Carolina, one hundred percent. Yes. Texas. Five out of five. Yeah. Texas. Uh, I'd put Texas like a three out of five. No, 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 no. You just could put it for your winner. Oh wait, wait! I, that no. I mean, because I think Notre Dame dog piles, but Tennessee probably won't. Oh, for my winner, for your winner, oh. not for both team. Okay, okay. East Carolina five out of five. Tennessee one out of five. Okay. Texas A&M two out of five. Um, Oklahoma one out of five. You don't think Oklahoma will dog pile to go to Omaha? Wow. No, I think they're. I think I don't think they will. Okay. Uh, Arkansas five out of five. Stanford, one out of five. Oregon State, three out of five. Southern Miss, ten out of five. Ten out of five. <laughs> For me, East Carolina, five out of five. Tennessee, I'm gonna go t- t- two out of five. Because I think it's, I, I don't think it's an automatic guarantee they won't. But at the same time, I feel like this year is more business than, oh, we got to Omaha. They already did that last year. They got that part done. This time is to go win it all. So they're not ready to dogpile yet. They're not accomplished yet. Um, Texas A&M, I think it's a three out of five, a four out of five. I think A&M will 100% dogpile to go to Omaha in front of their home crowd. Um, Virginia Tech, five out of five. Stanford. Ooh, that, like, uh, you know, it I'm also, a- it also depends on how the game is won, though. And if they blow them out 18 to one, I don't think the team would dogpile. I, I don't think it mattered. I think if you're dogpiling, you're dogpiling. <laughs> I think it, I don't think it matters how the game is going because you're just waiting for the final out to, to celebrate. Like yeah. whether you're up or down, I mean up big or up close, but um, Stanford, I'm going to put three, three out of five. You know what? I'm changing Tennessee to one out of five. They're not dogpiling. No way they're dogpiling. They'll do a little jumping up and down. North Carolina, that team is dogpiling. I'll give them four out of five. Um, Oregon State. No, I think they're a one out of five. Southern Myth, 30 out of five. <laughs> 30 out of five. So 
we have looks like two we have two regional that we don't think we'll see dog pile. But okay, let's go back. Let's go back before we get into our gambling part of um, segment of the show. If Texas were to win, would they dogpile? No. Okay. If Notre Dame were to win, would they dogpile? Yes. One thousand percent. You're beating the Tennessee in front of their crowd to go to Omaha. I'm dogpiling. I will tackle my pitcher if he's not even. If people aren't thinking about it, I'm like we're dogpiling. Okay, Louisville. Yes, a hundred percent. I think any road team is dogpiling to go to Omaha, right? Right. Um. Okay. Oh, uh, so okay. So for this one, for would be Virginia Tech for you. Yes. UConn. Yes. <laughs> That's a thirty out of five. Arkansas, or no? You have, it would be North Carolina for you. Yes. Auburn. Thousand percent, thousand percent, and then Ole Miss. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, hundred yeah, percent. I don't really think the only two te- or only three teams that probably won't are A and M, Texas, and Tennessee. I think A and M with hundred percent dogpiling. Yeah, but I mean, I-, I could see them, I could see them at home dominating both games and just shaking hands, maybe jumping up and down a little bit. And uh, just showing people like, hey, this is more than just going to the College World Series. Like Schlossnagel has, has driven it, or drilled it in their head that, like, hey, we're going to Omaha. We're going to win the thing. We're not just going. So true. We'll see. Um. Anyways, let's get to the gambling segment here. Just because hold I'm, up. I'm... You have you have one, two, three. You have three SEC teams in Omaha. Okay. Um, zero. I could have had five. <laughs> zero. You have zero ACC team. Uh, we've went over that. I know. I'm. I'm actually mad. At I myself. have. I have one, two. I have two SEC team. I have two ACC and two Pac-12. Two, 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 and then Southern. Um, dude, and then one, one. You're a communist, dude. What? You're a communist. Just spread out equal. I I, I I love that. I love that. I'm I love my picks even more now. They just broke it down like that. Let me tell you this. It means nothing. It does mean something. No, you have two. You have been. You have. What did I say? Three SEC. Yeah. And two Pac-12. Yeah, and I have and, a, con- and a conference USA, an American Athletic Conference. Mm, dude, I don't like having a Big Twelve team. Always in Omaha. Shit. I have I have a Big Twelve team. I know, and I don't. Oh, I mean, there's only one, but A and M's still a Big Twelve team in my book. <laughs> I for I, I forget all the time when A and M Missouri joined the SEC. Yeah. All right, um, can we can we talk gambling here? I'm it, I'm over this stockpile stuff. All right, so. Hey, we got four games tomorrow, or I guess today when you're listening to it, and we got lines for Saturday's games, like game ones on Saturday. So, like I said earlier, my hammer, hammer, hammer play of the day is over nine and a half, Texas, East Carolina. Tiny field. One of these teams is going to jump out to a big lead, and they're going to throw either ride the starter or throw one of their worst bullpen guys. Uh, I could see like an 11 to two game here today. Uh, I love nine and a half. Balls are juiced. Field is tiny. Give me over nine and a half. Um, and then I would I would lean like Texas minus one and a half maybe. 
I could see them blowing out East Carolina game one and then East Carolina winning the next two for that game. But I don't really, I don't really care to pick a winner there. I, I, I really like the over nine and a half because here's my other play. Here's the other flip side. Let's just say East Carolina gets the Pete Hansen early. Mm-hmm. They ride Pete Hansen. You, East Car- uh, Texas is not deep enough to throw out a bunch of quality arms. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, you're right. So you're right. They're going to throw out dudes that probably have 10, maybe less than 15 innings on the year, maybe 20 innings on the year. And so East Carolina hammered balls in their own ballpark. So you can totally see that coastal game. Yeah. Now, game seven, where, you know, they were up big and they just absolutely poured it on when coastal just had nothing left. So. I that's why I'm so confident because either way, somebody is scoring seven or eight runs. Yep. Um, so hammer that. Um, hammer the nine and a half. I love it with you. Yeah. And then the uh, the next game here today, we have Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, 3 p.m. Eastern. Virginia Tech's a minus 145 favorite. Um, Oklahoma plus 115. Over under set at 13. Uh, I love Oklahoma money line. I love them plus 115. OU is going to – they're going to get to Drew Hackenberg, and uh, and I expect them to win game one fairly easily. So, I don't know. I didn't look and see who Oklahoma was throwing. I assume it's going to be the Friday guy. Unless I, The last I checked, whether it was yesterday or this morning, Oklahoma didn't have their rotation out. Yeah, I mean, I checked earlier yesterday, but I haven't checked. Let me. I'm gonna check. I'll check right now. It's probably been 36 hours since I checked. But either way, I mean, I'm taking Oklahoma plus 115. I know they're the road team, but I'm telling you, this atmosphere is not going to affect them. They'll beat you in Gainesville. They'll beat you at at, uh, State Farm or whatever. Uh, What's What's Texas? What's the Rangers? Globe Life. Globe Life. They'll beat you anywhere. It doesn't matter. All right. Let's see if they put their starting rotation out. So, yep, they did. Jake Bennett will be starting. Oh, heck yeah. Give me Oklahoma. Hackenberg is not throwing. Uh-oh, wait, what? Hackenberg I, is not throwing. It's are you Griffin sure? Green. Griffin Green is starting on Friday for Virginia Tech. I swear I saw Virginia Tech announce Hackenberg is Friday. Jake Bennett versus Griffin Green, Friday at 2 o'clock Central. I, I like Bennett a lot. He's got good stuff. Um Wow, that changes things. I mean, I, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll still ride with Oklahoma, whatever. Hey, Virginia Tech got, I want to say, like, out of their top six guys, I want to say, like, at least two or three of them are lefty. Yeah. And, and, but, um, so I don't know. I don't really know. I mean, I mean Bennett, 369 ERA. He's been a workhorse. Um, he's about to break the 100 inning mark. He'll break that tomorrow. Uh, or today, uh, what's his strikeouts on the year? How many? How many Twelve punches, twenty walks, and ninety-seven yeah. innings. He's got good stuff. I, I like him a lot. Ten K outing against New Orleans, eleven K against Kansas State, twelve K seven and two thirds against Texas Tech. He uh, he went five and two thirds, three runs against Liberty, um, nine hit. And those three he, runs were early. Um, like he settled down. Yeah. Um, he gave up nine hits so to Liberty, and then he threw two innings of relief against Florida in that in that clincher. Yeah, I think that was the clincher Sunday. What what was the sixth? 
Yeah, that was the clincher. The sixth of Monday. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Virginia Tech throwing Griffin Green. Let me look at let me see what Griffin Green got I, I here. Don't, I don't know if I could put a, a face to Griffin Green. I mean, all those Virginia Tech pitchers look identical. <laughs> they 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 do they kind of remind me of like Notre Dame. Griffin Green is the, is the righty. He's he's I remember him. He's pretty good. Um, what day did what, what game did he throw? Griffin Green threw he had to have thrown yeah, against threw, Columbia. He, he he threw two innings against Columbia. That's it? Two innings, two oh, runs. Oh, I remember because Columbia jumped out to like a 3-1 lead or something, and, and he was kind of erratic. Yeah, I mean, give me Oklahoma all day. Holy crap, yeah. Um, He went seven innings, one run against Virginia, five and a third, two runs against Louisville, three innings, six runs against Duke. Those are his. His last three start or his last four starts, two innings, five runs against Villanova, five and a third, two innings against or two runs against Louisville, three six against Duke, and then two and two against Columbia. And but he went six three, six and two thirds, zero, seven one, those three starts before against Miami, Boston College, Virginia. So he had talent and then he went five shutty against NC State. So it depends on which dude you're gonna get. Not a lot of strikeout. Not a ton of strikeout. About one, maybe one in inning. Um, every now and then might get one and a half. So I mean, hey, the the over in this game might be a nice play. Um yeah, thirteen runs. Over? 13. thirteen runs a lot, man. Yeah, but not but I mean that ballpark. That it's, ballpark it's, is a run scoring machine. And Virginia Tech's gonna score at least five. And they're gonna. It depends on how the game goes. If it's tight, it's tight. Everyone's gonna use their arm. But if one team creates some separation, you're gonna get a lot of runs. So you're either gonna get your low scoring game, or it's gonna be super high scoring. And yeah. it's Friday, so I'm not. I'm not gonna touch the touch the over under. I'll just take Oklahoma plus one fifteen. That's my I'm best not, bet. I, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm touching that game. Okay. Um, next game we have is at six p.m. Eastern. Notre Dame at Tennessee. Over under 11, dude. I love it. I love the over there, especially the way the, the ball was jumping off the bat up there. Uh, I mean, of course, Notre Dame could win. I mean, not Notre Dame. Tennessee could win like 10 to nothing or, you know, 11 is kind of a lot. Notre, Dame, Notre Dame will score at least two runs. They'll manufacture yeah. at least two runs. Yeah, well, Notre Dame also hits the long ball pretty well. Like they have some dudes. But, but I'm match. saying, I'm saying they'll they do a good job of getting a guy in scoring position, getting him over, getting him in if they have to. Yeah, they're good now, at that. Now, one strategy you could do here. So obviously, I'm going to hammer the over. Uh, I like that play a lot. One strategy you could do here is if you think Notre Dame is going to win, uh, or like you think the series is going to go to three games, you might as well take Notre Dame plus two forty game one, and if they lose. You take them again plus probably 240, 250 or whatever on Saturday to win, and you just hope one of those two win. If they do, you make make profit, like pretty good profit. Yep. So um, there's that strategy. I might I might tinker with it. You know, I, I mean I mean, dude, I mean, dude, if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah if you're gonna do that strategy, take Notre Dame money line first two games. You're gonna at least because if you go let's just say you go twenty bucks, let's go a hundred bucks, two forty. You lose a hundred, you put a hundred again. To win, win two forty, you win, you profit one hundred and forty bucks. Yeah, I had to sit on my floor, my chair. I haven't bought a new chair yet, so I just I just moved to the floor. Yeah. No big deal. So yeah, I mean, I think I think if you if you think that game is going three, you hammer Notre Dame, but you got to stick with it, even if they lose first, you got to stick with the second one. Yep, so um, that's a, that's that would be a strategy there that some people would call like 
Um, I hate the spreads because I Notre Dame plus one and a half at 155. I don't like that. You might as well just take the money line because the way Tennessee swings it and stuff, I just I I I don't see a one run game in this. Yeah, I mean, you always have the potential of like a walk off though. The walk off. I know, I know, I know. But it's just, it's just, I just don't like that one and a half. I would feel very uncomfortable with one and a half. I'd rather just take the money line. Yeah. That's you know fair. what I mean? Yeah. Is it, the one and a half protects you against the walk-off hit. Um, but anyways, I mean, I like the over 11. That's my best bet. I mean, that is that is what that run – that's what that's for, right? It's purely just a walk-off protection. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Anyways. I mean, it, um, it seems like it's just a walk-off protection. Yeah. All right. So moving on to Louisville, Texas A&M. I've already preached it enough. I mean, I, I'm taking Texas A&M minus one and a half at plus 150. It's right now. It's a toss up. It's like minus 120 Louisville, A&M minus 110. If you don't want to get too fancy, just take A&M minus 110. I'm not touching the over under. Uh, it's 14 and a half, but I, I, I really do think Texas A&M blows them out today. Uh, uh, the night game, 8:30 p.m., 7:30 Central. I think Texas A&M blows them out. So I'll, I'll take them run line minus one or plus 150 for minus one and a half. You got to remember, the Louisville players know that he was out of second base. I'm sure they've seen the replay on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. They're playing with house money now. They're zero pressure, Ben. I think, and, oh, man, I, I like my A&M pick in three games, but Louisville's going to play well. I'm telling you, they're not going to get. They're going to play really well. They're playing with house money, no pressure. I mean, I, I, I think, I think, I'm, I'm just telling you what I think. I think you're oversold on a and A and M. Could be the case, but I, I'm sticking with it. Um, the over, I if if there was an under, I would take at all this weekend. It would be this one. Yeah, fourteen and a half feels like too many. It feels like way too many, but I can also see a six-six game real quick. Yeah, I mean, I took the under eighteen and a half in Louisville, I mean, the Michigan, way, and that went like twenty-two. I mean, I, I mean, the way that TC, TCU game, those games with TCU went, it would punch after punch. And Louisville's got a better lineup than TCU. Yeah. So honestly, man, that I, I, if I had to pick, I'm not touching this game at all. But I would take over there because. I don't think I think A and M got a good pitching staff, but I don't think they're super dominant like some of these other teams. Yeah, um, that's fair. I would take the over if I were to pick anything from there. Yeah. All right, now we're moving to Saturday's game ones: Arkansas, North Carolina, eleven a.m. Uh, this is a pretty much a toss-up. North Carolina's slight favorite, minus one twenty. Arkansas minus one ten. Uh, I, I I love the over ten and a half. Ten and a half in that ball in that ballpark is l- way too little for these two offenses. I mean, dude. Like if I wake up, if I wake up Saturday, if I wake up Saturday and I profit anything on Friday, I'm, I'm going to put everything I'm up on this over ten and a half. I promise. I you. love that over ten and a half. I mean, even if they have a, a duel, like where they're mm-hmm. close. Six to five seems super plausible. Like I could totally oh, yeah. see six. But if one team gets ahead, like six to one, five to one, it's going to be an eight to three game. Yeah, in automatic. I mean, it, I mean the over there uh, is. I just see the over hitting. 
Um, I would also, I mean, obviously, I would I, take I, Carolina money line in a parlay. I would take, eh, I would take Arkansas money line. But see, we have different theory picks yeah. on that one. That's true. Um, Saturday at 4 p.m. we have Ole Miss, Southern Miss, over under nine and a half. That feels low, but at the same time, no, I gonna, I really like the under on that and, one. Yeah, Southern Miss is gonna like they play their style of baseball, um, and and Ole Miss. Delucia is a solid number one guy that's going to be thrown more than likely. I, dude, I don't know if I would touch this game. If anything, money line Southern Miss. Yeah, the the emotion, but yeah, emotionally, I like that. Logically, I think I don't think Tanner Hall is pitching Friday. I think they announced uh, Hurston Waldrop. Waldrop, and he throws freaking cheddar balls. Yeah, Ole Miss is used to seeing that though. Yeah, but I mean, Southern Miss knows how to pitch. They're not just raw ninety-eight throwers. They have some sort of pitchability feel. I honestly think Southern Miss loses game one and then they win the next two. Similar to this, I, LSU I don't think thing. they do that again. I think emotions LSU. might get too high. This is the first game. They're not going to be settled. They're going to be restless. I, I would. Actually... I don't think they. I don't think they lose the first one and win the next two again. Because if you think they're going to win this regional, which we both think, I don't think they're going to lose the first one. Win the I've next already two. I've already explained that I think that if it goes three games, Southern Miss is built for a three game series. Uh, like the deeper the, the the series goes, the better for them, and they have a better chance, I think, of losing the first one and winning the next two, kind of settling down, versus winning the first one, losing the second one, and getting back up for the third one. I don't know. This is all like what if situation. I. I I probably won't touch this game. If anything, I might, I might touch the under I'm nine right. and a half. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Southern Miss money line. Yeah. All right. Uh, Saturday, 10 p.m. Auburn at Oregon State. Auburn slight, actually pretty, pretty good underdog. Plus 140. Oregon State minus 170. I haven't seen if uh, Hajerpe's throwing or not. That would be a huge. Like if they've announced it and he is throwing, I'll take I'll take Oregon State minus one seventy. I'll also take over ten and a half, um, and probably Oklahoma, or Oregon State minus one and a half. But if he's not throwing, then I would be interested in Auburn plus one forty. I'm trying to find where I don't see the rotation for the Southern Miss. Believe me, dude. I I looked. I've looked for a lot of teams, and a lot of it. I couldn't find. I know I didn't look too hard, but I'm gonna. Point, I just clicked. Let me see. I, I'm, I I think I saw the same image you saw, where Waldrop was starting game one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay. Um, what are we on Auburn, Oregon State? Yeah, dude. If Cooper uh, Jerpy's throwing, I'm taking Oregon State. I, I, I highly doubt it. Jerpy's throwing game. Um, they he pitched what in relief on Monday. Series starts Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Four days off. Fifth day, I think he's starting Sunday. I don't yeah. think he'll start Saturday. If um, that's the case, then I'll take Auburn plus one forty. Um, let me see. Let me look at that up. Oregon State. Come on, guys. Put your pitching rotations up. This is part of how you grow gambling in the sport and growing attention and awareness and interest is posting some of these inf- this information. Right? 
Yeah, but the coaches aren't worried about gambling. They're worried about no. I know they're not. Games. I know they're not. I know they're not. But I just feel like if you want more people to pay attention, like if everybody knew Cooper Hijerpy was throwing game one, and it was guaranteed they could set up their schedule to watch him pitch because he's a freaking he's going to be a first round pick. Yeah. Um. I don't think it really matters, but I'm just kind of I'm just kind of being picky. Um. Let's see. I don't see up uh, super regional opener Saturday. Let's see what they put. I'm telling you, I think I read that same article. I don't think they mentioned who's pitching. My, I mean, my answer is very cut and dry. If if Cooper Jerpy's pitching Saturday at 10 p.m., I will take Oregon State minus 170. If he's not, I will take Auburn plus 140. Fair enough. And I will take the over probably in either either situation i honestly i would we'll see i'm not uh i need to know who's pitching before i say anything on that game okay um last dude the last game here i i love stanford minus one and a half another minus 195 my love stanford minus one and a half yeah um i like i like them like this is one of my favorite ones i think they blow uconn out Alex Williams on the mound. They have all the momentum from the regionals. They're at home. Long travel for UConn. Not Emotional, as talented team. Regional. Yeah, first time in a super regional. Dude, give me Stanford minus one and a half. Uh, it's minus one ten odds. I, I love that. I'm not taking. I'm not touching the over under at eleven. If I had to lean one way, I might take the under. Yep, but give me give me minus one and a half. Yeah. Give the me ball Stanford. just doesn't really fly as much at Stanford at night. I, I don't remember if it was Rooney or somebody was Mike Rooney or somebody was talking about it on Squeeze Play, and they're I right. Mean, dude, you saw the piss rockets they hit in the ninth inning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw them. I think everybody in America saw them. So, what makes you want to sit here and say they can't hit bombs at night? It was a three. It was a one-to-one game going into the ninth, dude. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know what you want me to say. I I know that, but like at the same time, they finally got a hold of some, and they were they were gone. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I I, I, I'm not touching the over, but like that, it's going to go over the fence either way. I'm talking about the the (laughs) mishit home runs that that are freaking backside slice balls over the fence. Yeah, Yeah. give me give me Stanford minus one and a half, like. I'm not like I don't even know why I would ever think about that. Yeah, I could see like a ten to one game, Stanford, or even if it's six to three, where it's close, but Stanford is just the better team. They yeah, put, they played one or two in the eighth inning to win it. Yeah, but uh, anyways, I mean that's all the gambling stuff there. Any any closing thoughts? I don't want this episode <laughs> to go too long because we're releasing it late. And I want people to listen to it before uh, I mean, first. They pick. got plenty of time. Um, the only other thing I would say. Ben, on DraftKings, you can bet over under number of games in the series. Really? I did not know that. Let's see here. You can pick the winner and the total game. So. How can you pick the winner? I don't see it. You click Team Futures under College Baseball. Yeah. It says series total game and winner on the top. Oh, winner is just like futures to win the College World Series. Oh, I didn't even click on it. I just assumed it was the winner of. 
So they don't have super regional winner odds anymore. They no. did have them earlier this they week. They did. Hey, now I'll tell do. you this uh, for a futures bet. If you could get, I mean, Oklahoma's 25 to one. I, I don't mind that at all. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good one. But hey, East Carolina in Texas, under two and a half is the favorite. That's I'll take crazy. the. I would take the over two and a half. Minus one ten. Yeah, I would take the over two and a half in Virginia Tech, Oklahoma. I would take the under two and a half in Tennessee, Notre Dame. Under two By and a half the, hey, in hey, Louisville. Hey, the under two and a half is minus one seventy. The over is plus one forty. So that's the exact same odds as what we just talked about. Notre Dame's plus two forty. Yeah. Money line. If you took them a hundred bucks both games, it's the same thing as plus one forty. If, yep. if you took over two and a half, so that's interesting. That makes sense. Um, I'd take over two and a half North Carolina Arkansas. I'd take over two and a half Southern Miss Ole Miss. I'd take over two and a half Oregon Oregon State Auburn and under two and a half UConn Stanford. Yep. Dude, I wish oh my god, dude. I wish I could use this app in the freaking state. Yeah. Me too, man. But anyways, let's wrap up the show there. I mean, we're going yep. close to two hours. Uh, we'll be back Monday, Monday night, unless there's no game scheduled Monday. Like if everybody sweeps, we'll be back Sunday night. Um, and yeah, we appreciate all the love and support. I mean, you guys are awesome, great fans, very loyal. Um, we we'll we'll try to continue what we did last weekend as far as like producing a lot of content on social media. Uh, anything else you got? Anything, any final thoughts, any closing statements? Nope. Just ready to be in the chair tomorrow. Watching the game. Dimitri will be in that chair all weekend, maybe. All right. See everybody. See ya.